Hi, is uh, is this thing on? Hello? Okay. Well, my name is Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs, and I am the host of As I Was Saying Podcast. Consider me your best friend. That's not just going to let you sit there and think problematic thoughts. So sit back, relax. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, As I Was Saying Podcast. Follow me, She Will Speak. And let's get it popping on this week's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode. So I am so 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 excited for this week's episode and I know what someone's gonna say. Shine, you're like excited for every week's episode and you're absolutely right. But I have such a big level of excitement because this is actually the first week we have an interview. Yay! As I was saying, podcast first interview. I'm so excited. So Let's get down into it. Let's jump on in. So today's episode is going to host Catherine Tulloch. So I had the pleasure of working with her for the She Will Speak series first book release party, which took place in New York. Um, it was for our book uh, on gender-based violence. And she was referred to me by a friend. Shout out to Stacy. Thank you so much for connecting us. And Catherine, also known as Kat, also known as the Caribbean Vegan, is a vegan chef and caterer. Um, She does meal plans. She has a book of recipes. And the reason why I wanted us to hear her words today is because I feel like there's a lot of stigma and a lot of questions and myths when it comes to folks who are vegan or have plant-based diets. And I feel like there's almost a big gap when you talk about people of color, especially black people um, who practice, you know, veganism and who are plant-based. And if you go on to Catherine's social media and you talk with her, you know, every conversation I ever have, or even if it's just a post, it's very big on education. You know, she really tries to educate and really wants to extend that hand to be sure that when you come to her page, you're not just, you know, feeling like, wow, I feel so horrible that I don't eat like this or my diet's like this. But instead, the narrative is more of, hey, I was once in your shoes. Um, she always is posting photos of her, you know, from years prior, She before she started her eating lifestyle, which we're going to talk about in this interview. And I really love her transparency and utilizing her own journey, as well as her education in nutrition, um, in plant-based diets, you know, to carry on her business and her wellness teaching. So let's jump right into it. And I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to speak to the Caribbean vegan. First and foremost, I would like to thank you so much for being the first guest on As I Was Saying podcast. How does that feel? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Awesome. So for those of you listening, I had the honor of being able to have Catherine Cater, the She Will Speak series first book launch for gender-based violence um, with her platform, The Caribbean Vegan. And that was actually my first time really having a full out vegan meal. I've tried vegan food here and there. Um, and my girl, well, actually our girl Stacy on social media, she was like on Instagram, hey, if you're looking for someone to cater, you should hit up at The Caribbean Vegan. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm all for the networking. And I was not disappointed at all. Like, at all. So I wanted to bring you on to discuss, you know, what really being vegan means and your journey and also the business aspect of it. Because even though I'm new to your business journey of, you know, your catering business, also your meal plan business, I feel like I've stumbled upon, you know, your business as a lot of interesting things were happening. Um, So that's one of the, also the reasons I wanted to bring you on for today. So I guess the first question is, why did you decide to go vegan? Um, 
it's weird how I became vegan. It was like one of my, a good friend of mine, right? She, I, when I used to work at Trader Joe's, um, I remember her always talking about like going vegan, but you know, I never really paid attention to it until she started doing it. And when she started doing it and I've noticed she started to have results from that, um, I was kind of interested after there. I was like, okay. Like I noticed her skin was clearing up. She was losing weight. Like everything just started to change for her. So I asked, I'm like, hey, like, you know, um, how is it working for like the vegan diet, whatever. So she ended up telling me that it's been beneficial for her. So um, she gave me her insight on what she used, I guess, as a tool to help her become like not really become vegan but I guess like transition that's the best what I'm looking for to transition into veganism so um she showed me cowspiracy and there was another documentary that I'm not remembering but she showed me two different documentaries and that kind of opened my eyes to it but that was more so um those documentaries talked about how it affects the planet I mean a little bit of health but it more so talked about how to affect the planet than the animals so um that was one of the reasons why I decided to because I was just like oh damn well the world's gonna end if I don't change my diet that was I was thinking at first <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what um made me decide to go into it go into the diet and then um I remember as time went by she was talking about like a plant-based diet. And then that's when I started looking into the plant-based diet because people don't realize there's a difference between vegan and plant-based. I'm actually oh. plant-based. Um, vegans just eat whatever that is just vegan. So like beyond meat, that's vegan because like, you know, it doesn't have meat in it, but it's still processed. Like plant-based people, we eat foods that are from the earth. Okay. Yeah, okay. we don't. <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I feel you because I, I actually had the opportunity. I lived with someone in college who was vegan and I'm so happy you said that because I couldn't grasp the concept of like, I'm not going to eat meat. So I'm going to eat these vegan based like bacons and vegan this. And I'm like, well, isn't this just chemicals in your body? Like, I'm like, I'm confused. I feel like we just transitioned like what we're going to be harming ourselves with. It's a marketing thing. Once they seen that veganism start to become popular, of course, you know, they had to interfere. Like, oh, let's find another way to make food unhealthy for these people. So, you know, that's just what it is. But plant-based is, as I said, it's it's more food from the earth. And um, I remember learning more about like Dr. Sabi and like all these different um, health gurus and they talked about the plant-based diet. And I feel like once I went the plant-based route, that's when everything has kind of changed for me. And that's what motivated me to start my business. Because once I started to make healthier food taste good, I was just like, the world has to try this. Cause like people look at like quinoa or like vegetables and like beans, like I was one of those people. So that's how I know people look at it and they're just like, ew. But like, after I learned to like, you know, I guess experiment with different flavors, I got better at um, making those foods that people tend to hate people tend to love now because for the simple fact I just took the time to learn how to make those things I learned how to make those things not acquired for people to eat that's the word I'm looking for so um that's more so how my journey began and I really started the business because it worked for me um I've done it with my friends like that has eaten on plant-based food and it's worked for them and I was just like all right like I need to share this with other people because a lot of people are uneducated when it comes to health and it's not their fault it's just how society is so you know I, I love that and I also love the aspect of you saying like it really was someone else 
kind of giving you this thought and then your further research and your further practice, which I think is very important. You know, you didn't just jump up and say, okay, I'm going to start making vegan food for everyone. You're like, listen, I, my life is the experience and the example and the research, you know, is a testament to your business. And with what you're saying, the aspect of being plant-based, and I'm so happy you said that because like, I always knew there was something about like vegan bait, like vegan cheese and bacon. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Right. Once in a while isn't bad. I'm not going to sit here and like, you know, bash people that eat that stuff. It's just, that's not something you should be eating every day. If I go to a vegan festival, you'll catch me eating a vegan burger. But when I go home, that's just not what I have in my house, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? You can cheat, you can have those things, but it's not something you want to consume as your daily diet. So that's my best recommendation on that. Okay. And why do you feel, and I feel, I feel like with your business, and I'm definitely going to get into the aspect of how you became like the Caribbean vegan, which I love the combination of being Caribbean and combining uh, combining the vegan and plant-based, but why do you feel there's still this pull to even get folks to kind of try or practice the concept of being vegan or have a plant-based diet? Um, I feel like it's hard for people to accept for the simple fact, um, it's something new kind. It's not really new, but it's new to us as a culture, like as a black culture, because that's just not what has been passed down from generation to generation. Um, back in the day when slavery time was around, um, they had to eat whatever they had was accessible to them. They didn't have the opportunity to be like, Hey, I want quinoa. Like, you know, it just wasn't like that. They had whatever they can get and they ate based off of survival. So each food, a lot of people don't realize it, but not each food, each dish has a history behind it. So there's a lot of history behind fried chicken or, you know, a pork dish or a collard greens. Like there's a story behind each meal that um, I guess is here today. So um, it's more so a traditional factor as of to why people don't want to do the vegan thing because it's not something that is normal for them to hear. And also um, just in general, in low-income communities, they don't have that option for um, our people to actually eat that way. So um, I was actually thankful enough to grow up in an area where we, I had that opportunity to choose to eat healthy or to not eat healthy. Like I had a Trader Joe's that was like 10 minutes from my house. I had a Whole Foods that wasn't far from me either. You know what I mean? So I actually had the chance to get that experience, but not a lot of people do. So if you come from a low income community, they're not going to build a Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. You're going to get the fast food because that's what those people can afford. And it's just, it's sad that that's how it has to be. Mm. And you definitely touched on the aspects. Um, For those of you who are listening, um, what you're talking about is basically food deserts, which are too prominent within the black and brown community where, you know, we don't have, and I'm, I feel like I, Um, can definitely understand where you're coming from. I grew up in basically a predominantly white suburban area. So I saw grocery stores, like you said, like we had the Trader Joe's, we had ShopRite, we had every grocery store you could imagine, you know, we had that. I was not used to seeing, you know, fast food or, or quick food or things that, you know, bodegas. And it wasn't really until I started living different areas. I lived up North, I lived in New York, that I really started to see like, wow, okay, healthy food or even just food that you cook yourself is not accessible to everybody. Exactly. It's really not. And it's just a matter of, do you want to gain that education? And a lot of people don't because it's so abnormal to what their daily life is that they don't want to open their eyes to the fact that, Hey, what I'm eating 
this is affecting my body. They don't want to look at it that way. They go, oh, this is good. This is cheap. This is how I survive. And that's not how food should be. Um, you should eat to live, not live to eat. So I always say that to people. Food is your medicine. So, you know, take care of what you have because once it's gone, that's it. It, so. it, it really is. And I also like that you pointed out the aspect of once we, um, as Black folks, kind of came into slavery, that's when we were given, and I actually have a one um, person I know who really did study, like, as you said, the concept of soul food, and it really is, and I will be the first one to admit at times, kind of the scraps of the slave master. And mm -hmm. we just learned how to make it taste good and how mm -hmm. to make it a homey dish. But it's like, you look at pig feet, chitlins, all these foods like now they're labeled even a delicacy if you go to some restaurants, but if we really look at what it is, you're eating pig intestines, you're eating feet, you're eating, um, you know, yeah. neck bones of, you know, uh, chickens and different things like that. So I feel like definitely um, how you just stated, from that point on, we kind of adopted that eating style. What people don't know, when you look back at the indigenous and tribal folks, you know, in these different African countries, they had a very big plant and fiber-based diet. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. It was taken away from them because, you know, once they were as slaves, basically they, take, they took over that plantation. So we didn't have the chance to actually, you know, like eat what we was growing, you know? So mm -hmm. it's sad, but, you know, it's just a matter of how can we break that generational curse of people just being so prone to just, I need meat, I need dairy. You don't need those things in your diet or you don't need to eat unhealthy I guess to I don't know to prove a point because sometimes I feel like that's what it is because when you tell people you're vegan they look at you like you killed somebody and it's just like I, <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> especially when I first did it like three four years ago I would never forget when I the first Thanksgiving meal I, I everybody looked at me like I was crazy it was just like what I was just like, okay, never mind. I'm just gonna have a seat. You're like fades into background. <laughs> I know, right? My bad. I remember I saw like a funny, um, a funny video, and the the girl she was Hispanic, and she was telling her mom like, oh, I'm not gonna eat meat, but I can have like rice or beans, and she was like, just don't come to Thanksgiving. And I was like, what? And some of my <laughs> friends who are like my best friends who are Dominican, I showed it to them. They're like, now nah, that really is how how it is. Like, just don't show up. Like you're you're fine and I'm like I even looked at my mom like one day when I tried to be vegetarian vegan and they're just like why are you coming here and I'm like wow that's really like you said I'm like I didn't know this was insulting to you me trying to get my health together but um I'm so happy that your platform also carries that education which you know if you if everyone who's listening if you follow her from her website social media you will get that education and I think now for me the big question because you know, I, I love it, is how did you decide to combine the Caribbean with the vegan? Um, how did I, honestly, the girl that I told you that, um, that helped me with the whole, like, starting the vegan diet, um, she's actually Caribbean too. Um, I've learned a lot from her because a lot of people don't know, I was a tasty coconut before the Caribbean vegan um, actually came about. So me and her started the tasty coconut and we took both of our backgrounds. She's from Grenada. I'm Jamaican and Haitian. We took our backgrounds and we just combined it to food. So like her staple was more so like, like more curry dishes for me. It was a lot of jerk meals or like um, another example, like, you know how they have brown stew chicken in Jamaica. I make brown stew lentils. So like we just took both of our um, nationality and I guess kind of combined it together. 
And um, that's kind of how we decided to go about it because we seen that there wasn't a lot of Caribbean vegan food that was around. Um, when we was vegan about, like we started the vegan diet 2016, 17. Around that time we began. And there wasn't a lot of Caribbean vegans. There was a lot of Rastafarians, but there wasn't a lot of that in the New York area. You just seen a lot of regular vegan food, like, you know, avocado toast, uh, the basics, acai bowl, like you didn't see a lot of that. Um, now, of course, as time went by, now you start to see a lot more Caribbean um, infused vegan food. But before it wasn't around and that's why we decided to do it. And um, once I guess she just realized that wasn't for her, like her lane, um, we just decided to like, you know, go our separate ways. And I just became the Caribbean vegan um, from there. So that's how I began by myself. Okay. And for those of you who are not already, make sure you are following on Instagram, the Caribbean Vegan LLC. Yes, we have our, our business, you know, we are LLCs out here. Because um, that's something I'm like, so proud of, you know. Um, and so with that, I actually wanted to ask because it really did when I remember I saw it on social media. So in October, you actually went viral for, you know, being the Caribbean vegan. And a lot of people were saying like, it wasn't really Caribbean because it was vegan. And I definitely feel, you know, that the way you handle the situation of kind of being like, okay, well, first of all, I don't really care what anything I got to say because I know it's true. But then also taking time, which you really didn't have to, to educate the masses of why you can be both Caribbean and vegan. And it's not an insult, you know, to the food of, or quote unquote, the food of your heritage. I really enjoyed and really felt empowered myself seeing you have that conversation with folks. So would you like to, you know, tell us a little bit about that experience? Um, I'm not even going to lie. It was annoying. Um, just for the simple fact that just because it's something that's different to what you guys are used to seeing, um, that doesn't give you a right to downplay my good idea. Um, because to me, I felt it was a great idea to do that, but you know, in other people's eyes that are just, not open to, I guess, a healthier lifestyle or a new lifestyle. They see me as, I guess, insulting their culture. And I'm not trying to insult the culture. I'm actually trying to help the culture because all we do is take pig, fry it, take chicken and fry it. That's just not, that's not normal. Like that's just not something we should be doing constantly. So I'm trying to find healthier alternatives to that. And instead of like, you know, people being more like open about it, they just automatically shut me down because it's just not something that they're used to. Um, and, you know, I've had this conversation with my mom. She definitely told me that, especially when it comes to um, Haitians, um, they take their food very seriously. And I know that for a fact because the food is bomb. They take food very seriously. So for them to see um, a staple like griot being veganized, they was just like, uh-uh, bitch, we not having it. So, you know, but it, I'm not going to sit here and dwell on the people that have an issue with it because there are, are patients that are like me that don't eat meat and that were actually very happy to see that I stepped outside the box and did something different um, to something that they couldn't eat because they stopped eating meat. So um, I'm doing it more so for people like that and the other people who have a problem with it, they'll come around eventually because eventually I see the world as being vegan in the next couple of years. I don't see it happening drastically. But um, for environmental purposes, if we want to actually help the um, planet, we're going to have to gear towards more plant-based diet. So I feel like in the next few years, regardless, 
that's when they'll come to me like, oh, I need the vegan grill. Now, now you need it, right? Because we don't, you can't have meat <laughs> anymore. You come to me in God's style. You come to me in your time of need. Ask me for the recipe. But in October 2019, your comment was this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but no. Um, I just got to, as I said, it's just got to give them time. Um, it's not going to happen right away. But as, like, I guess um, time goes by and they see more, of like veganism starting to become more like popular or whatever or sustainable to the planet i guess that's when they'll like i guess open their eyes or even until they try you can't knock it until you try it because there's people that have um tried my plant-based grill that are far from vegan and they couldn't tell the difference they was just like this is vegan like you know what i mean so that's how i felt y'all like i said i'm i'm a shameless plug right now i was i I was mad i didn't live in new york i was like dang it i would order because i i listen i i paid to cater my event and still was like so how much would it be to have two plates you know put to the side and she was like wait a minute but i'm coming with the whole like thing for 100 people i'm like i don't care because i know who i am as a person and I want this, you know, it's because, you know, when you do your own event, you never really eat. You don't. Exactly. So exactly. I was out, you know, I was smart. I was trying to play in advance. And she had me. She was like, oh, here's your plate right here. I was like, you know, so customer service is also on point, which I just want to plug in for you as well. Um, so I, I definitely like that. First of all, I like how everything is connected and the point about even environmentalism. And I definitely think what you touched on was the aspect of almost the concept that people cannot grasp of vegans of color. And what we talked about before is we had pretty much this plant-based healthier diet way back when, but that was just kind of washed and wiped away from us. And we have to get back to that point Um, because I think that's what it all comes down to. Exactly. No, I do believe before, like, you know, all the slavery and stuff existed, everybody was eating plant-based. The only reason how meat became about was once human discovered fire. Once fire was discovered, that's when, of course, like, you know, people that started experimenting with the meat, the fish, all that stuff. That's how all that started Mm -hmm. um, in general. But before then, people ate off the land. So um, it's not like people just like, oh, I'm not going to get any protein or nutritional value. How did you think your ancestors lived? They, they still was fine. I mean, they ate their vegetables and they was walking around chilling. Right. <laughs> and the meat that they did have, it wasn't like today where, you know, two thirds of your plate was meat. If they had meat, it was like a smaller portion or it's like, let's call it what it is. When they, when they caught whatever they caught, that was feeding the whole, the village, the tribe, you know, it wasn't like we said what it is today where someone will stack up their plate of steak and pork chops and like you said, have like one spoonful of, you know, green beans or a salad. And, and not even spinach. As you said, it'll be green beans. I'm like, there's no nutritional value in this. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, it's exactly what you said. Um, they used to eat meat to a certain portion size. We don't have portion control anymore. Actually, there is portion control, just not over here. On the other side of the world, they're doing that. So, mm-hmm. okay. I learned about that in one of my food sustainability classes that I took when I was in Queens College. Um, this part of the world that is still very sustainable, America is just very behind um, with that. And it's because, of course, money purposes. But that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> so we want to get into that before we get in trouble. <laughs> I, I'm just really enjoying this conversation. And I know we've spoken previously, but I really am enjoying the aspect. And I, and I love for our listeners to hear this because 
sometimes people, I feel like when you see someone do a craft, you just think, oh, okay, you know, she's just a cook or she's just a chef. And now you're really giving this info. You're talking about environmentalism. You're talking about racism. You're talking about slavery. You're talking about sustainability. And it's like, it, as someone who knows and, and follows you and talks to you constantly, even I'm sitting here in this moment, like, wow, there is so much that really does go into our food. And even with this information you're bringing, I know in these next few years, you're about to take us to the next level. So where do you see um, yourself and the Caribbean vegan, even within like this 2020 realm, but especially in the next, you know, five years or 10 years, you know, when plant-based really starts to come up? Um, that's a good question. Where do I see myself in the next five years? I think the best way to answer that is I'm going to be the vegan Jenny Craig. I'm not trying to shit on Jenny Craig, but her ingredients is crap, okay? If you really take a look and read at her ingredients, the only reason why you lose weight is because of the portion control. But other than that, it's not healthy food. I want to educate people on how to read ingredients properly, what to properly put into your body. Because as you said, I studied this crap before turning it into a business. I studied this in school. I researched this. I've been cooking for years before I sat there and said, I'm going to officially turn this into a business. Like, you know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. one message that I definitely want people to get across that I do want to start a business. Um, definitely practice your craft because when you're ready to deliver, you want people to know that, okay, this person knows what they're doing or this person knows what they're talking about. I'm going to book that person because I know that I'm going to get this, that, that from her versus just mediocre service. You never want somebody to pay you and they feel like they're not getting anything from you. But Back to the whole thing, but yes, but definitely I see myself um, taking my meal prep services to another level. Um, I would like to spread, because there's not a lot of people that um, you see that have vegan meal prep options that are just available, and I would like to get that more out there, um, just so people can eat healthier every day, because I feel like that's how it really begins. People are, they don't have time to cook like that. Um, so if there's somebody like me that's putting that out there and it's just like, okay, well, I learned from Kat that this, that, and that is healthier. I'm going to make this choice. That's more so what I want people from me in the next few years. I want people to think of me when they're picking up something. What would Kat do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Would she eat this? <laughs> so that, that's definitely a goal. Um, just to push more healthier food options on the shelf. Um, just because as I said, what they have on the shelf is crap. Um, and the stuff that are, that's good for you, it's not affordable for people. So it's just, I'm trying to find a common ground to make it affordable, yet it's still good for you. Accessibility is so important with any conversation, but especially the conversation of food. And I definitely, how you said, you know, if there's one thing you want to leave people with, I definitely would also want to plug in the aspect that your goal for the Caribbean vegan is not like, I think what people have in mind when they think about vegans is like, you just don't want us to enjoy meat and enjoy flavors. No, you want to make food, number one, more accessible. You want to make food that tastes good. You want to make food that's good for your body. And honestly, your mission is serving the community, which I feel like the stereotype of people who are vegan is like, oh, you just don't want us to have fun with our food. And it's like, no, you're like, actually, what I'm trying to do is make sure your food serves you for the better. Exactly. So I, I love that because, you know, I definitely, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because I feel like the conversation of veganism is now becoming pretty big, even like you said, with these fast food restaurants doing Beyond Burgers and all these different things. And there's vegan, but now like, you know, like you said, there's plant-based and there's all these different things. 
And as someone, like I said, who's been following your journey, I'm like, she's the perfect person to ask these questions too. And you even have a book. I think that goes, you know, that also gives us a little bit of education. So would you like to tell us about that? Yes, I have a beginner's guide. Um, it's more of um, a guide, I will call it, than a book because I have recipes and I just more so help people on how I started my journey and how I daily make better decisions when it comes to eating because um, I want people to understand um, what you put, it, like literally you are what you eat and that's more so what I have that's very important in that guide um, because I want people to understand you can, you can think that you're eating healthy but you're really not. Like you can look good on the outside, but how do you look on the inside? Um, it's a lot that ties into health that a lot of people don't realize. So that's why I actually started that. And I have a lot of recipes in there for people that like, you know, that don't live in New York and people that can't afford my meal prep plans. I have something that's cheaper where I have recipes that I actually do cook for my meal prep clients that are in there. I also provide like cheap meals in there, like healthier cheap meals. If people want to like, you know, feel like, oh, I want to eat something without like, you know, feeling like, a drag like you know I'll have like a healthy option of like a junk food on there that's still plant-based so um that was more so that mo that was more so the reason why I was motivated to actually do that guy because it was answering the same questions I got over and over again with my journey um basically a lot of the stuff that we touched in this interview a lot of that stuff is in there I, love I talk about a lot of that mm-hmm I love it so much. And your book, I believe, can be accessed through your social media. And before um, I let you go to enjoy or, you know, I also self-care, because like I said, I've been following you for a while. Like either she cooking, she getting stuff to cook or she talking about <laughs> cooking. Like <laughs> you do not watch her channel hungry, y'all. I promise you, you'll be sitting there like, hey, like, why can't I tell you? <laughs> I'm like, I went from New Jersey to Atlanta and I just got further from her. So I didn't really help my face at all. So when I come back, I'm definitely going to be stopping by. But how can, you know, folks follow you? How can they reach out for a meal prep? How can they reach out to have you cater? Um, and especially I want you to touch on all of those aspects, especially catering, because you've catered for, you know, not only individual folks, but organizations as a whole. Mm -hmm. So um, how that works is um, I'm still working on having an actual website um, for the time being, but from right now, you can just go on my Instagram, the Caribbean Vegan LLC. I have a link in my bio and it has everything there, the meal prep form, the catering form, even two of the recipes that I have. I have a holiday recipe. So like, you know, for Thanksgiving, Christmas, you want to whip something up or even not for the holidays, you can just have something there just to make different foods and also the recipe guide that I told you um that's in there so that's all the information that you will find is on my instagram awesome well kat thank you so much for taking time out of your day to discuss your journey with us um from the business aspect to your personal health journey to really what it means to be vegan and plant-based and where you even see you know like you said our country and our world going because I personally never really look too deep into all of that as far as how food affects us. But, you know, in this short interview, and like you said, I'm sure if we took every single topic, you could probably give like a whole two hour presentation. I personally feel like I learned a lot. And like, I, I love learning. So I'm definitely going to take this back even for myself and really reflect on, you know, my eating styles and where, like you said, we see the world when it comes to sustainability in our food. And I thank you for being one of those folks that is not afraid, you know, to kind of share what you're doing, even when, as we discussed, not everybody might, you know, 
not everyone might like it at this time, but you still are staying true to yourself, which I love. And as far as women empowerment and as seeing a woman of color, a black woman doing what she loves, uh, you know, I, you know, I love that. Like, <laughs> like everybody knows I love that. So I just want to say thank you again for all the work that you're doing. And for really, like I said, just standing up for yourself and what you believe in. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, just I, literally everybody that has a special talent, I just wanted to say, use your talent to make the world better. That's just the best thing we can do now because everybody has something that, that everybody else needs in the world. So, you know, spread your talent and just do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. That's the best advice I can give. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for speaking with us. Enjoy. Thank you. Wow. So I don't know about y'all, but I'm feeling very inspired talking to Kat, you know, not just about plant-based diets and meal planning and lifestyle choices, but also just about being inspired to live your truth. And if you really love something, you know, do your research, go be your authentic self in that. And I would just like to say, make sure you follow her at the Caribbean Vegan LLC. Um, yes, LLC, because we are certified over here. And from there, you'll be able to see her recipe and tips guide, um, her meal prep forms, her catering forms, and she also has like a little holiday recipe guides. She's always posting, like I said before, information from doctors, professionals, um, her own experience, which is information within itself. And I would just like to continue to encourage her in her journey because, you know, before we hopped on um, this this call for this interview, I told her, you know, you're going to be amazing. Like, I am not going to be surprised when the Caribbean vegan is going to be in everybody's household and you're going to be able to pick up meals from like the grocery store, right? And I would just like to close out with what she said. You know, when you do what you love, you never work a single day in your life. And that's true. So continue to go out there and do what you love to do. And remember that when you live in your authentic self and when you live in your truth and when you're not afraid to just, you know, raise the conversation and even sometimes be the person that's like, you know, what is she doing? you will find your happiness. So my name is Sean Tyler Jacobs. Thank you for tuning into As I Was Saying podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll see you next week.